Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to another edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. And I'm Lady Boy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. And tonight's edition, we're continuing on our series on sexual issues from Dr. Patty Britton's book, The Art of Sex Coaching. And tonight, we're doing it on touch aversion. When couples cease to touch each other erotically or in any form. And touch is a very special thing. I know that human infants will die if they don't receive human touch. And they've had infants in incubators and <clears throat> and they've tried mechanical arms and other techniques but without human touch, they will die. So something transfers when we touch each other. And I think when we touch each other erotically, it becomes supercharged. And there are several reasons people kind of become averted to touch in a long-term relationship. I think one is that Often a partner thinks, oh, if he touches me or she touches me, it's going to necessarily lead to sex. And it doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. There are several other reasons. Sometimes there's emotional issues. Sometimes there's trauma issues. What are some of the other issues you can think of? Um, <clears throat> there's, there's several... Um... There's several like uh, there's several different um, neurodiversities that can become uh, that are more touch averse or like it doesn't have to be completely touch averse. It could be certain kinds of touching that they don't like. Um, but I know autistic people and people on the spectrum tend to have. <laughs> issues with touch um and you know sometimes people are more averse to touch around their period or um you know 
maybe if you're a very uh, hot-natured person, you avoid touching during the summer months or when it's hot outside. Um, there, There's all sorts of different reasons. Another reason that Dr. Brenton lists in her book is that often partners become too familiar and it feels more like a sibling or a best friend, not a lover. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so they relate to each other more like affectionate siblings or good friends and just stop touching. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes there's a lot of fear behind touch. Touch is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And when we touch one another, things, mm -hmm. it is, uh, it's hard to put into words exactly, but it does involve an energy transfer. Mm -hmm. And I think for adults, it's really necessary for good mental health and even physical health mm -hmm. at times yeah. to give and receive touch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any other thoughts you have on the... Well, so I have a little bit of experience with this. My um, One of my current partners is on the spectrum, and, like, uh, there are certain kinds of touch that are okay and certain types of touch that aren't. And I have to... I've ha I've been having to learn, like what constitutes a good touch and what constitutes a bad touch and also read their body language and um, know when it's a good time and what not a good time. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, communication is all important when learning to touch a partner and where to touch and how much pressure to use. I mean, if you think about it, there's many different sensations we can produce depending on where on the body and how much pressure we use and all kinds of things that can really transform a touch. And I know there's times when I've touched a partner doing play scenes or doing sex, and mm -hmm. it can become electric. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I know that even sometimes the lightest feathery touch can just send sensations throughout the entire mm -hmm. body, not just the place being touched. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know that for me, touch can be very intimate. It's a mm -hmm. vulnerability once again. We're getting into vulnerable mm -hmm. areas. Yeah. And for some people, they're very highly ticklish in parts mm -hmm. of their body. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times, light touch can be the most stimulating. Um, and, like, <clears throat> and heavier touch can sometimes be a real turnoff, too. Mm -hmm. And then there's pressure points. Mm -hmm. And I'm played around a little bit with it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize this, but on the genitals and on the feet and hands, there are touch centers that correspond to other parts of the body. And have you ever had one of those nights where you're trying to go to sleep and you get a little itch and you itch it and then it itches in another mm -hmm. part of your body and then you itch that and, it, mm -hmm. and it's kind of track down the itch. <laughs> yeah. And those are actually pressure points that are being triggered, which correspond to another part of the body. And it's it's kind of fascinating to me how the body is mm -hmm. wired neurologically. And we're all wired a little differently. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what makes communication so mm -hmm. critically important when we talk about touch. And when we, when we start touching each other. And I know there's some tools out there. I know the erotic body map is an mm -hmm. excellent tool to communicate how you like to be touched and where. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you've used in the past to communicate with lovers or um, play partners? 
I I mean, it's, you know, like a lot of times it's discussing, like, you know, I remember um, early on you um, gave me an exercise about using your lover's hand to masturbate yourself and vice versa so that you can learn how your partner likes to be touched. And that can be really, really powerful and effective. Um, but like also um, regular communication about, you know, you touched on um, like trauma related touch response. And that's a very important thing to communicate with partners about because, um, you know, sometimes when you have trauma that relates to something in your past, uh, the smallest things can be major triggers for that trauma. And you want to be very careful with your partners not to trigger anything traumatic in them. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's different types of touch that can be very specific. Mm-hmm. And I know in Dr. Patty Britton's book, she kind of outlines the continuum of touch. And basically, she goes from the touch continuum, includes healing touch, affectionate touch, sensual touch, erotic touch, and sexual touch. And oftentimes, and I think there's even other levels of touch, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes, especially in a sex-negative culture, we think, oh, if a partner touches me affectionately, it's going to continue on the continuum, and eventually lead to sexual touch. Yeah, and a lot of times people have a hard time differentiating between sensual touch and erotic touch and sexual touch. Now, I know that in BDSM, touch can be anything from... And you can use toys. I mean, touch... That's one of the beautiful things about touch. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it can, uh, just as there's different types of touch, there's also different types of pain. Mm-hmm. There can be really intense pain. Mm-hmm. There can be erotic pain, mm-hmm. which is different than like if I step on a tack and, mm-hmm. and it's like, or stub my toe. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different kind of pain. And I I think um, that gets into something interesting, which is context. Because, you know, a lot of times the same um, stimulus can affect different things. Like, I know that uh, I I, I knew someone who used to have their uh, submissives kneel in rice... Uh, which can be very painful. And if, like, I know that I've done that on accident when I was cleaning, kneeling on a few grains of rice, and that really, really hurts. But if you have the context of it being as part of a scene and being told to do it, um, like, the the context makes it completely different. And I think if you find yourself in a relationship that has become touch-deprived, and, and we do live in a touch-deprived society mm-hmm. in our modern culture, in ancient cultures, there's a lot more touching, <clears throat> especially on the healing and affectionate end mm-hmm. between people. And in our culture, I mean, walk into any elevator, and that is how people get the more it fills up, the more mm-hmm. people kind of pull into themselves mm-hmm. to kind of avoid touching. Yeah. And, uh, go yeah. ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, you know, that kind of reminds me, like, uh, it also makes a difference where you live. Like, in the U.S., people um, are, uh, like, avoid, like, 
touching each other in the elevator and stuff like that. But in places like Japan and China and India, where like the population density is super high and it's harder to avoid, there are things like I know in the Japanese subways, there are people whose job it is to physically like pack people onto the subway and push people in closer together. And like in the US, you'd be liable to get punched if you tried to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting because I know for me, I've received so much healing through touch and just the healing touch and affectionate touch. Oftentimes when I'm feeling a little down and someone comes and pats me on the shoulder or the back and mm -hmm. tells me, hey, you did good. That, that touch is so critically important. Mm -hmm. And when a couple starts avoiding all forms of touch, it really leaves a vacuum in the relationship. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of couples... They have very narrow definitions around monogamy. And so t you, if you don't get it from your partner, you're not allowed to get it anywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to become that touch deprived, I think, becomes very unhealthy. Yeah. And it can also lead to, um, it can lead to feelings of feeling rejected or feeling uh you know just like that you're not worthy of of affectionate touch as well mm -hmm. and i know that for infants mm -hmm. even young infants breastfeeding mm -hmm. it's very important to have that touch and to have that sense of security because touch can provide us with this feeling of comfort and and being secure. Mm -hmm. And that's so important, especially in our, when we get really tensed out and go through our day-to-day -day grind, mm -hmm. a good touch or a good back rub even mm -hmm. can be so healing. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, one of the things, if you are not monogamous and you find yourself in, um, you know, because it can be, you know, fairly common for one partner to need more touch than the other. And, you know, having like an understanding with your partner uh, that, you know, that's a need that you have, you might need to go outside of the relationship to get it. And you can kind of keep that touch even in a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. Keep it, go back to the touch continuum mm -hmm. and stay on the healing, affectionate, and perhaps even sensual side. Because mm -hmm. sensual doesn't necessarily mean erotic or sexual. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there is a myth in our culture that Oh, if you, for especially a lot of guys, they think, oh, if someone touches me and I get an erection, then I've got to act on it. Mm -hmm. And no, you don't. Or you can act on it later and masturbate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like one of the things about working in Temple that we know is that there are some people who are monogamous who like come into Temple who want. BDSM, but don't want sexual touch. And I, I would say that some of the touch that happens in BDSM borders on sensual, but not necessarily sexual unless we go there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where negotiation and communication are all important. Mm -hmm. I think that if you find yourself in a relationship that's touch-deprived, there's some things you can do to start building the trust mm -hmm. and really sit down and talk to your partner. And t if they've never heard of the touch continuum, say, hey, mm -hmm. 
here's how touch can work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and here's how we can make it work in our relationship and set some guidelines and Mm -hmm. say, you know, if I come up and slap you on the butt, that means I want to go for sex. And if it's not okay, Mm -hmm. you can do it non-verbally. Yeah. Just don't touch back. Yeah, yeah. But if you're into it, then slap me back on the butt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, or any non, number of things. Any number of things. Mm-hmm. But there's ways you can communicate even non-verbally that says, hey, it's green light for it to go to sex. or it's, mm-hmm. And you can even keep it very non-sexual mm-hmm. and non-erotic if you want to. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, you know, going and discussing your needs with your partner is always important. You know, if you find that you are in a you're starting to go through a period of like being touch deprived a lot of times it's best to nip things in the bud when you first notice them um and you know see if you can't figure out like when you know if there was a specific trigger you know maybe your partner started a new job maybe ever since the kid was born or, you know, or, you know, or there was some sort of breaking of trust or, you know, that any number of things can lead to people having issues with touch and often finding the, you know, the bit underlying causes can be an important first step. And often that requires therapy going in for counseling. And it's a good thing because it can help you build communication skills and really start developing some trust. Mm-hmm. And one exercise that can be very helpful for couples that haven't touched in a while is a hand-touching exercise mm-hmm. where you just gently caress your partner's hand for about five to ten minutes mm-hmm. and that's all it's going to be is a hand caress Mm -hmm. and then take turns and then the other partner does it Mm -hmm. and then talk about what feelings came up and how Mm -hmm. it felt to just have your hand touched. Mm -hmm. And so you can set boundaries around touch. And Uh I think that's one of the problems for a lot of couples is they've lost the ability to set boundaries and say, hey, this is, it's not about, you know, you being good or bad. This is what I need right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Any other thoughts on touch aversion? Um, Yeah. um, So another thing with touch, uh, you know, we mentioned trauma. A lot of times if one or both of you were the victim of, sexual assault or rape that can really lead to uh, a lot of problems and it can lead to certain things like triggers with you know ways that their abuser may have touched them that uh, that can trigger really traumatic responses and even physical abuse mm-hmm. doesn't even have to be sexual abuse Mm-hmm. Uh, now I went through a lot of physical abuse growing up through mm-hmm. coaches and my father and mm-hmm. getting beaten and I was very adverse to certain people touching me mm-hmm. and you know there can be triggers like um, raising your voice mm-hmm. might cause problems or things like that as well and through that I'm did go to counseling and then I did some BDSM role play to work through those issues and learn how to heal and learn how to enjoy touch again. Mm-hmm. Because I tell you, touch can be so amazingly good. <laughs> and healing. And healing. Very much so healing. And I think part of what the magic of what transfers in touch is that and in an energy, it's like I said earlier, it's real hard to put into words, but when we touch, it, it almost sets off um, the body electric, so to mm-hmm. speak. 
it transfers into us, I think, in with certain types of touch, especially when you get into the erotic and sexual touch, it can actually impact our core being mm-hmm. <laughs> and really have an amazing healing effect. Yeah. And it can also release oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin. Oh, yeah. These are the feel-good chemicals that our bodies produce. And receiving that daily can really help, I think, with mental health. Mm -hmm. When people get depressed, I think part of it's because they're touch-deprived. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been touched enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's other issues too, but I think touch can go a long way to healing that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, here we are at a station break. And want to run people to check out our websites. There's ravenslayerleather.com. There's ggwilbert.com. And then, and that's 2G's W-I-L-B-U-R.com. And then there's LadyBoyTemple.com, which kind of explores Aphrodite, the stuff we do in Aphrodite's temple. And I think that just checking out the websites, and I'd love to hear y'all's feedback from the audience that listens in. What would you like us to cover on this show? What do you think about the show? We'd love to hear back from you, good or bad, because how else can we improve the show if we don't know what people think about it? Mm -hmm. And so we'd love to get some feedback. And you can email me at admin at ggwilber.com. Anything you want to add to Station Break? Yeah, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash ladyboygg um, and give us a, a donation to keep uh, providing this um, this service that we provide. Uh, you can also, on, the, on both the... Um, ravenslayerleather.com and ggwilber.com we have access to the various different training films that that we put on if you want a little more in-depth uh work that we do um with the with the training videos you also get access to different materials like the sexual body map and to uh different worksheets and stuff like that to you know sharpen up your um sexual skills and help you become a better lover mm-hmm. let's see there's also some information about aphrodite's temple and i like to bring that up because Next, this coming next weekend, we're going to be out at a pagan gathering running Aphrodite's Temple. And it really is amazing when you can come and be a part of this live and really have that face-to-face contact. And during the day, we do workshops, and at night we open Aphrodite's Temple up for play. Of course, people walk in and... We keep it open for play any time, day or night. But but for people that after they've been drumming and dancing around Rebel's Fire, they come to Aphrodite's Temple. So it's kind of a late night thing mm-hmm. usually is when it really kicks off. Mm-hmm. But in Aphrodite's Temple, we put into practice some of the things we we've covered in the workshops. And we do everything from... Uh, how to give a erotic genital massage, a Taoist genital massage. I've done the a guided non-genital orgasm workshop mm-hmm. and all kinds of different things. 
And a lot of these I do have is training videos. If you want to learn these things, mm -hmm. I do provide them as training videos with step-by-step -step guides. Some of them have a guided meditation or a guided journey into some of the things you can experience. And if you've never experienced an energy orgasm, you should definitely check out the the um, non-genital orgasm mm -hmm. because that's definitely an energy orgasm. <laughs> yeah, it's really powerful. Oh, it is. Make this Christmas memorable with Goat Guns. Get the coolest miniature gun models for your collection. From historical classics to modern weapons, we have something for every firearm and hobby enthusiast. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of Goat Guns, the perfect blend of quality and detail. Shop now and spread the joy at GoatGuns.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So back to our topic, we've been talking about touch aversion and different aspects of touching one another. And touching can be such a powerful thing mm -hmm. on all levels, I think. We need it uh, for our health and our mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to kind of go back to Dr. Patty's book, to the touch continuum, and kind of go into some of the different forms of touch and specifically what some examples of what they involve. Healing touch can be anything from just a pat on the back or a hug or to receiving a back massage or a muscle massage on the arms or legs mm -hmm. if you've been out working and your arms are mm -hmm. sore. <laughs> Yeah, or uh, things like, um, I know that a lot of times uh, my partner Chris really likes back scritches. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes when, you know, when they come up behind me and just run their fingers through my hair, you know, or just kind of lightly touch me to let them know, let me know that they care about me, it's really really powerful mm -hmm. and then we, the next type of touch on the continuum is affectionate touch that sometimes they can blur a little bit mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it can be both healing and affectionate mm -hmm. but affectionate touch is kind of on its own too because affectionate touch is when you come up and kiss your partner on the cheek or Give them a, on the neck, on the neck, or come up and give them just that affectionate touch. Mm -hmm. Even a light slap on the bottom can be an affectionate mm -hmm. touch for yeah. a lot of couples. <laughs> yeah, and so affectionate touch can involve. It can even be running your fingers through their hair, or, mm -hmm. or just caressing their body gently and. And just letting them know, hey, I love you. Um, it's mm -hmm. a loving touch. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I mean loving in the non-sexual way. Yeah. So, camaraderie. Uh, can't say the word. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> camaraderie. That's sort of the word I'm looking for. So that's some examples of affectionate touch. Mm -hmm. When you get into sensual touch... That can be where you're getting more into the erogenous zones a little bit. It mm -hmm. can involve that. That's also getting close to the erotic, but central can be just that hugging and that really deep, long hug mm -hmm. where you really embrace each other. Yeah, and getting into caresses and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
the erotic touch is when you're definitely going in for the erogenous zones and mm -hmm. starting to awaken the kundalini a little bit, mm -hmm. getting it kind of revved up. And, and for those that haven't listened to the show before, the kundalini is a sleeping serpent within all of us. It's our sex energy. And normally it lies dormant and asleep. Mm -hmm. And once you start awakening the Kundalini, touch transforms. Mm -hmm. and, and it becomes much more erotic and, mm -hmm. and feels a lot different. And I guess the best example I can give is when we walk across the room, we're stimulating our genitals, but we barely notice it. Mm -hmm. But when we start masturbating and start touching our genitals, then all of a sudden it becomes electric. <laughs> mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think um, a lot of people don't understand is, you know, getting into sensual and erotic touch doesn't necessarily have to lead to sex. And sometimes it's really powerful when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Then the final is sexual touch. And that's when you're really going for the full sexual experience. Mm -hmm. it, it, you can become very erotic, and even some dancing can be very erotic without leading to sex. Mm -hmm. But sexual is when you really start fully awakening that kundalini, that mm -hmm. sex energy, and and it's like the whole body starts becoming, when you do it right, the whole body becomes, in a sense, a receptor to sexual stimulation. Mm -hmm. I know that my erogenous zones fully awaken, and I've actually had orgasms just from nipple play or from mm -hmm. having someone suck my toe and... Mm -hmm. touching me in different places on my body mm -hmm. and it, you can have many different types of orgasms oh yeah and so when you get to sexual touch and it doesn't always have to end in an orgasm sometimes it can just be bringing you to the edge of mm -hmm. the point of no return and still be an amazing sexual experience without oh, yeah. the orgasm yeah, and a lot of times, um, you know, one of the things I learned as I started working with you is that there are different levels of um, being turned on. And, you know, a lot of times I like to play with the, the different levels of, you know, being turned on. Like one of the things when I'm edging a lot of the time is like I will, you know, I will go from just cold to building and building and building and getting myself turned on and more turned on and more turned on. And then I'll work myself up to like the point right before an orgasm. And then I'll work myself down a couple of levels and then get back up to the edge and, you know, kind of go up and down and the um and like how turned on I am and like play with the, these different levels and the more that you play around with that the you will find like a a greater range of uh different um you know the 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 range from like mildly turned on to having an orgasm is really quite far and the more you play around with the levels the the more space you realize are between them mm -hmm. and even with sexual touch there's so many different levels of it i mean when i stroke just the bottom part of the shaft of the cock it feels so yummy and good but different from when I start stroking the full length to mm -hmm. even the head of the cog. Mm -hmm. Or when I play around the nipples, just 
not quite touching them, except every so often go in for a touch. Mm-hmm. That's so different from genital play. Mm-hmm. And anal play can bring a whole different set of sensations. We don't have a good vocabulary for touch. Yeah. But I know that in my experience, the sensations are very erotic and sexual, but very different depending mm-hmm. on what part of the body you're working on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I played with you a little mm-hmm. bit on some oh, of these. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like learning the different kinds of stimulation. And also, you know, one of the things we've played around with quite a, a bit is um, like sensory play. You can use different things like uh, a silk scarf or uh, a hairbrush or uh a vampire glove or uh you know uh like knife edge play or i've ice. even gotten a scouring pad and mm-hmm. not a, when i get sensory toys i dedicate them they i buy them brand new mm-hmm. they haven't been anywhere else and mm-hmm. they're only for sensory play yeah but and I say that because you don't want to use something that's <laughs> like a kitchen scouring pad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of gross. Um, but you can create so many different erotic effects using different types of sensation toys. Mm-hmm. They even have a neuro wheel. Yeah, uh, uh, Wharton, it's Wharton, Wartenberg, Wartenberg wheel. Mm-hmm. And those can be, oh, when you get to a certain state of arousal and then mm-hmm. pull that out and run it over the body, it's like, ooh, it sends yeah. those spine-tingling sensations mm-hmm. all through you. <laughs> yeah. I I remember uh, I once let a friend of mine use my bed uh, to, to have sex with their partner in, and uh, right before I went to bed... My partner was, or my friend was like, hey, so we kind of lost it and I couldn't find it. If you find a cheese grater in your bed, uh, that's that's mine and we use it for sex. Like, put it, put it somewhere safe. Don't put it in the sink. I'm like, okay. So there are... Um, and- so many things can be sensation toys, and mm-hmm. they can. Produ- I even use one of those wire whisk. Mm-hmm. It makes a good, interesting sensation when you lightly slap the bo- different parts mm-hmm. of the body with it. It's yeah. kind of springy and bouncy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can roll it over the body. And yeah, there's just amazing. You know, I, I love creating kind of this orchestra of sensations Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can also use um some like bdsm toys not for impact like one of the things you do a lot is with a flogger instead of using it to hit someone with you can just uh lay the the um what are the strands of the flogger called Uh strands yeah you can like just uh like use the strands of the flogger like to kind of tickle and tease and play or you can uh use um a um uh what what are those called the uh you can use like a writing crop to like kind of rub instead of using it hit yeah uh or you know, one of the things that I know that you do a lot when you're using a paddle is after you've been paddling for a while, just use the like cold wood to like kind of rub on the skin and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so there's, oh, use your imagination and, mm-hmm. and try some things out on yourself, see how they feel on you, mm-hmm. and then introduce it to your partner and go. And I'd like to talk a little bit about states of arousal because touch changes. When you're unaroused, it's very different the way your body receives touch than when you're aroused. Mm -hmm. Getting back to that kundalini. Mm -hmm. And so by 
awakening the Kundalini, mm-hmm. bringing slowly going through the continue touch continuum to where you get to where touch becomes more sexual, mm-hmm. more erotic. Then all of a sudden, our touch receptors transform, mm-hmm. and so using a touch implement can feel one way when your kundalini is sound asleep Mm -hmm. and feel entirely different when you're fully awakened yeah and also uh when you're partially aroused it can be a completely different sensation as well and i like bringing all this up because there are so many fun things you can add to your sex life. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of couples often get caught up in a rut and do the same thing, you know, over a long period of time. And and then I think as humans, we need that variety, mm-hmm. that variation. If we keep doing the same thing over and over again, after a while, it becomes too mundane, yeah, too common, too known. Mm-hmm. And so bringing something a little unfamiliar into the play mm-hmm. can really spice things up a bit. Yeah, definitely. And I know that, um, like, different things, like, uh, I remember one time you were giving me a blowjob and you put a little bit of wine in your mouth, and that completely changed it. And you, uh, we haven't gotten to try it yet, but you said it feels completely different when you use champagne because of the... Bubbles, the yeah. bubbles, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, there's many different sensations. You know, I find it amazing how many different sensory experiences we can produce for our partner. Mm-hmm. And I like driving my partner just wild with, mm-hmm. with sensations. <laughs> yeah. And with this, it really takes us to that mm-hmm. state of ecstasy, and and it can be prolonged. Ecstasy mm-hmm. and pleasure, not just when you reach orgasm, it lasts only a few moments, mm-hmm. but you can bring pleasures of this type into the play and it can last hours. Yeah. And like um, one of the things when we do sensory play that really helps is um, to use blindfolds so that your partner doesn't necessarily know what is going to come next or what kind of sensation they're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And that gets us into different forms of sensory deprivation. You can also use earplugs mm-hmm. to cut, cut down the hearing mm-hmm. and to where they can't hear what's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you cut off one sense, it tends to... The other senses kick in like supercharged. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and really accentuate. And, and uh, so when you cut off both vision and hearing, mm-hmm. your sense of touch amplifies. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, uh, w- uh, like one of the things, uh, since, you know, you might be involving BDSM if you... Uh, like you might like work out different things if one person is, uh, like has earplugs in, uh, the other partner might want to hold a scarf or something to act as a alternative to safe words, where if they wave the scarf, that means yellow. And if they drop the scarf, it might mean red. And things like that. Mm-hmm. And so being creative and utilizing this wonderful gift of touch mm-hmm. can bring so much into a sexual relationship. It can be so amazing and take you. I know I've experienced it with partners in the past where I was blindfolded and had earplugs in and and was in front of the fireplace with the fire going. And they, my partner just brought out this toy box of sensory toys and created this amazing experience. We mm. were 
doing this play for about three or four hours. And mm-hmm. I, by the end of it, I, oh my, <laughs> mm-hmm. it got me going. <laughs> and that kind of play can really amplify not only the sensations, but mm-hmm. when I did finally orgasm, I had such a highly charged orgasm. It was yeah. just mind blowing almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, uh, it it's not the it's not the same thing, but um, you know, different things like um, uh, like maybe sometimes people like it when you brush their hair for them, or like when you do their nails. Like there are different like senses that are tied to these things that feel completely different when someone else does it. Like if you've ever gone to get your hair done and like, it feels completely different to have someone else wash your hair than it feels to wash your own hair or have your partner wash your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, to wash your feet. Like I think part of the whole, um, like the washing the feet of the disciples, like part of what makes that, different is that it feels very different to have someone else do it and like i said before we're getting a little bit into reflexology because Mm -hmm. in the feet there's corresponding pressure points that affect other parts of the body as you stimulate them Mm -hmm. and it's and then reflexology they believe that if you stimulate certain parts of the feet, it's actually doing good things for some of your body's organs. Mm-hmm. Everything from the liver to the gut to the heart to the lungs. Third eye. And third eye and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So touch is really amazing and powerful if we really start studying a little bit about it and learning Mm -hmm. some of the pressure points to utilize. Yeah. And, you know, being touched in places that people aren't used to being touched, you know, that stimulus feels so alien. And sometimes that's what makes it feel really good. Like uh, at uh, CMA, the event that we just did, we did, a workshop on sounding and I think one of the reasons why sounding uh, is as erotic as it is and as is as powerful as it is is because it creates uh, stimulation that it just feels very different than anything else and explain what sounding is for those that don't know okay so sounding started off as a medical procedure it's when you use uh different uh diameters of um most of the time it's either a slightly curved or straight rod but there are also different shapes that you can use to um go into the urethra it can be done on both uh people with uteruses and people with penises uh, it's, um, but it, it, as you insert it into the urethra and then down, uh, and then down, like it creates this really interesting, uh, sensation because we're not used to having the inside of our urethra touched. Mm-hmm. And it can be, for me as a hermaphrodite, I can use a vibrating sound that will stimulate some of the female parts that are still deep within my body. Mm -hmm. And I've had female orgasms from, but even males can get some pretty amazing sensations going that are, I've had guys actually get so turned on by it. I had to pull the sound out Mm -hmm. pretty quickly because they started ejaculating Mm -hmm. from it so it can be a very powerful 
stimulation. Yeah. But you do have to use plenty of lube and know what you're doing. And Yeah, and you also definitely want to clean your stones very thoroughly and sterilize the area you're going to be working with and use gloves. You know, we're all about safety. In fact, in my advanced BDSM training videos, I go through sounding and how to do it properly and mm -hmm. what different i uh, have illustrations of different types of sounds and how to work with them and really get into some amazing play mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> and then there's anal play that mm -hmm. can produce a whole different set of experiences mm -hmm. for both males and females and in between mm -hmm. and non-binary and in the anus, or there's different areas inside the rectum that can, if stimulated, mm -hmm. can produce a whole wide different set of sensations, mm -hmm. which is really amazing. And I go into a lot of details in my training film on anal pleasures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one one um, area in with anal play that works on everyone is um so if you go in and you have your finger pointed towards the tailbone around where the tailbone is uh there's a little dimple that if you find it um you'll want to do tantric circles which are, is uh you don't go straight for like the the dimple you would massage Right. around it and uh, slowly get more into the dimple as you go around uh, and you do circles that are closer and closer to to that dimple. And that's really, really stimulating on everyone. Yeah, it's where the pubococcygeus muscles attach to the tailbone. Mm -hmm. And when you stimulate it, that spot just right. It sends sensations throughout the whole PC muscle strip. The pelvic girdle. Yeah. And that can be amazing. Mm -hmm. And a whole different kind of sensation that most people mm -hmm. have never experienced. I know when I first experienced it, I thought, do I like this? I don't know. It's, it wasn't very familiar. And, and I played with it. I stuck with it over time. And and once I kind of got used to the sensations, it was like, oh, boy, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then for uh, for people with prostates, of course, there's prostate stimulation, which uh, you want to flip your finger around to the other direction, pointing away from the tailbone. And that's about uh, two inches in. and it's, Two to three two to three inches in and it's uh it's more like um an area not yeah, one spot <laughs> it, it's an area and it uh, kind of you said it's around the size of a walnut yeah yeah and then if you for women if you go do anal you're stimulating inside the um oh lost the word you're the uterus, mm -hmm. where the uterus meets the uh, anal wall or rectal wall. And a lot of women really enjoy getting mm -hmm. and can experience a uterine orgasm from anal play. So there's so many different sensations you can explore and experiment with and discover in your body. Mm-hmm. That can produce a whole different type of orgasm and different types of pleasure. Mm -hmm. Oh my, we're already to the top of the hour. Anything you want to add or? Um, yeah, like so with so many different kinds of touch and uh, and things like this, it's important to explore on your own what kind of touch you really like so that you can share with your partner what kind of touch 
you really like. And it's also important to um, encourage them to explore their bodies and share with you what kind of touch they like. Because a lot of times I think one of the main problems that people run into is they assume that everyone likes to be touched the way that they like to be touched. And it can cause uh, like a, a, you know, miscommunication and a mismatch of different things. Because if you are stimulating your partner in the way that you want to be touched and your partner is stimulating you in the ways that they want to be touched and neither of you are getting what you are really looking for, it can lead to some resentment, and, you know, um, and some, some big problems. So it's important mm-hmm. to communicate, uh, like, what it is that you're looking for out of touch and, you know, also going going in and, like, armed with the knowledge of what you like, um, you know, will will help you in the long run. It will improve your own masturbation. It will improve, you know, your sex life because you will know. And we are each wired differently, neurologically speaking. We each have different things that we find pleasurable and things that are kind of turn-offs. And you don't want to hit the turn-off spots mm-hmm. in your partner. Mm-hmm. And that's where exploring your body first and then communicating that to your partner is so crucial mm-hmm. to really having a, an amazing sex life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things we didn't even really get into is, you know, people have issues with different kinds of neuropathy where they don't experience touch the same way other people do in different parts of their body. Um, And this is important in case you have like any nervous issues or pinched nerves or anything like that that can dramatically change the way you even experience touch. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned earlier, levels of arousal. However, Mm. you know, whether the kundalini is sound asleep or partially awakened or fully awakened is going to affect how you receive touch. It's going to feel very different depending on your state of arousal. Mm -hmm. And so exploring and learning your own body and learning how to get it to that place where it gets so yummy good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's an art. It's an art that we have to learn and, this is part of sex education we don't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so crucial to having a really exceptional sex life mm-hmm. versus just kind of a run-of-the-mill sex life, so to speak. It oh. can really transform things. Mm-hmm. I know that for me, touch is one of the amazing gifts that we've been given with our bodies and it can be such a amazing experience to play around with touch and explore our entire bodies i know that when i was growing up it was you know so taboo to touch parts of our bodies but there are bodies mm-hmm. and i finally realized this is this is not true. Mm-hmm. The taboo is a broke them. <laughs> it took conscious effort, but and it really helps to kind of break some of these taboos and open yourself to new experiences. Mm-hmm. So on that note, have a good night. Enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Explore your bodies and explore the pleasures. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education. 
and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.